0: I thought that was pretty good. Here's a good one. I know you're going to really like this one. What kind of bee is always dropping the football? A fumblebee. It's football season. He won't play for Dallas. Dallas gets a new coach. Coming there, a new coach, yeah. I don't know if he wants the job or not, but he's. gonna
1: they're going to hire
0: one, I bet you. Let's pray for our leaders and then we'll get right into the message. We don't have a long time to do the message, so. but do you all have time to stick around if we go past 12 or 1? Or... <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just lift up our president and those in authority over us and over this nation right now. At this time, Lord, they need our prayers. They need our confidence. We just pray, Father, that you would surround uh, those in authority and those in leadership positions in this nation, politically uh, and mil- militarily, uh, Lord, that you would uh, give them wisdom from above, uh, strategies. They need, they need wisdom and confidence and strategies right now, more important than anything else in the world. We just pray your protection over our nation and over our people all over the world for peace-loving people. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Amen. Okay, continue to pray for our nation. We need prayer right now more than any time. The title of my message today is called Give In, Give All, Gain All, Give In, Gain All. The entire ministry of Jesus was a revelation of God's desire to do good for people. You may ha- get a pen out and get a piece of paper because I'm going to write some things and we're going to put some statements up there that you need to remember. You need to have these so you can look back on them and remember them because this message today will change your life. I'm not going to I'm not going to even uh, consider that it won't because I know this message changed my life. When I read this about 16 years ago, I read this message that I'm going to preach to you today. And it changed my life from that day on. And, and I know it will change your life. So be ready to write down some statements that uh, we put up there on the screen. But, but the ministry of Jesus, He did what the Father said do. Whatever the Father told Him and whatever the Spirit led Him, that's what He did. And He desires to do good for people. Jesus had God-given authority that empowered him to bring healing and deliverance to anyone. Listen, anyone who would give him that place in their lives. You remember in the in the uh, New Testament, he he talked to several people. He went to different places, and he he healed everyone who wanted to be healed. They were healed. From his word we can see that those who let God move in their lives received the most from him. And he still operates the same way today. Those who let God move in their lives receive the most from him. I think this is one of the statements in my in my notes. Did you have that one, Michael? So remember that those who let God or allow God to move in their lives, receive the most from Him. You know, we, we pray often about things that we'd like God to do for us. And we'd like this. And God, won't you do this? And God, this and this. But He, he let, let God move in your life and you'll receive from God. You know, the whole thing about salvation and how you received it was trusting. You trusted in Him. And you trust in Him every day. You rely upon Him. You count on God. We depend on God. We lean on God. We cry out to God. And God, I want to tell you people, God is there for you. He's here for us. Those who let God move in their lives receive the most from Him. Many of you in this room know that to be true in your own life. And when you give God the authority. As we as we sang about in that song this morning. Authority. When you give God the authority to rule your life in one area. You'll see victory in that area. You're struggling in some areas in your life. If you'll give God authority over that area. And allow Him to do that work in you. You'll see victory in that area. In order to benefit From anyone's position of authority, we must give them authority. Did you hear that? Let's read it again. In order to benefit from anyone's position of authority, and when we surrendered to Christ, we gave him authority. We must give them authority. And we're under that authority. When the doctor examines you and says, you've got this disease and you need to take this medicine and you'll get well. You must give him authority to the point where you act on his word in order to gain the benefits of his knowledge as a doctor. You give him authority. In the same way, people won't receive from God unless they give him authority. You won't receive from him unless you give him that place in your life. I surrender to you, Lord. I give you authority over me. People who rebel against authority, and and I don't know if y'all realize this, but resistance is evil. Resistance is evil when it's against authority that rules. Now the devil we have we we resist the devil, the Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee. But the first part of that verse in James, it's James 4, 7. It says, submit your life to Christ. Submit yourself unto God. Then you have resist. Then you resist and the devil will flee. But you've got to give God that authority first. But there are people today who are resisting government authority and calling for resistance, calling for a an out. An outcry of resistance against those who are in authority in elected officials, in elected places in this, in this nation. And that is evil to me. That is evil. That is wrong. It's like, it's like in your home. When your kids give you authority over them, they receive the benefits from you. You reward them. You bless them. But when they rebel, they reap consequences. Right? Right? A belt or something, you know, a time out. God designed His entire kingdom to function based on receiving Him as the ultimate authority and His leaders as His representatives. Now, when when you surrendered to Christ and you gave your life to Christ, you became a citizen of the kingdom of heaven that day you became a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen? So you're still here on this earth, but you are a citizen of heaven, of another world. Amen? Another place. And from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, He defined the role that authority would have in receiving from God. In Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to read some of that from the uh, Passion Translation. Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to start... We ended last last week in uh, Luke chapter 4 as well, but I'm going to start this. And this message is not part of the series that I was teaching on. This is just a separate message for today. But uh, we, were te- we were teaching in chapter 4 last week, and we ended up in that right where we're picking back up this morning. It's amazing. I didn't even know it was going to be there. It says in Luke chapter 4, verse 22, we'll start in verse 22 from the uh, Passion Translation. Everyone was impressed by how well Jesus spoke in all the beautiful words of grace that came from his lips. But they were surprised at his presumption to speak as a prophet. So they said among themselves, who does he think he is? This is Joseph's son who, who grew up here in Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I suppose you'll quote me the proverb, doctor, go and heal yourself before you try to heal others. And you'll say, work the miracles here in your hometown that we heard you did in Capernaum. But let me tell you, no prophet is welcomed or honored in his own hometown. Isn't it true that there were many widows in the land of Israel? Jesus is still talking to these guys, these religious people around there, and the people that were familiar with him. Familiar is the operative word. They, they were so familiar they didn't give him any authority or recognize any authority that he had at the time. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, isn't it true that there were many widows in the land of Israel during the days of the prophet Elijah when he locked up the heavens for three and a half years and brought a devastating famine over all the land? But he wasn't sent to any of the widows living in that region. Instead, he was sent to a foreign place, to a widow in Zarephath of Sidon. Or have you not considered that the prophet Elijah healed only... Mm, can't turn pages. Uh, <clears throat> or have you not considered the prophet Elisha healed only Naaman the Syrian, rather than one of the many Jewish lepers... Living in the land. When everyone present heard those words, they erupted with furious rage. They mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragging him to the edge of the cliff on the hill on which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off. We, we went there to that hill when we were in Israel. We were right there. And uh, I remember Scott Stripling taught a message right there about it. How Jesus just turned and walked right through the crowd. And they couldn't touch him. They mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragging him to the edge of the cliff on the hill on which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off. But he walked right through the crowd, leaving them all stunned. Uh, Jesus used these, these examples that we just talked about as a picture of how vital it is to give authority to God in order to receive from him. His first example was Elijah. Elijah was sent to a widow. Uh, to be cared for by her. But the real issue was beyond Elijah and his needs. God was also reaching the widow and her needs. God had a miracle for this widow, and God's got a miracle for you as well. Listen, this widow was a a Sidonian. She wasn't from Israel. She lived in Zarephath, which was a pagan city in the country of Sidon near Galilee. But, But God saw her need... And he was reaching out to her with his love and compassion. She and her son were about to eat their last meal and die. But God. Somebody say, but God. (laughs) Hallelujah. She wasn't even a believer. She wasn't even a believer. How many know that God knows everything and everybody? Listen, this isn't some rinky-dink, dead and dried up God we serve. He's awesome God. I'm here to tell you he knows everything about everyone and he cares about our needs, small and large. He cares when Kim makes a decision to buy shoes. He he cares because he takes me. But here's what I want you to learn today. You must give authority to someone in order to receive from them. These people, they gave Jesus no authority. He's just a carpenter's son. He's well, Who does he think he is talking to us like this? He said, Nobody. And they couldn't touch him. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> Can't touch this. <laughs> Some of y'all got that, I guess. I'm old, see, I know. The only way this widow would live was if she followed the words of the man of God completely. She's fixing to eat her last meal with her son and they're going to die. That's it. They're dried up to nothing. Now, when we read this story about Elijah and this widow to us, it seems really unreasonable for Elijah to ask her for some of her food when she only had enough for one small serving for her and her son, and that was going to be it. How could Elijah ask for something she had so little of? And why would God require this widow to give like this? Here's why. Here's why. You see, in God's kingdom, you must trust God. And obey to link yourself with his power and provision. Anybody know about trusting? Till the end, till the last, till the midnight hour? But there's an obedience to that trust as well. She had to give authority in her life to this prophet of God. The meal was hers to keep or to give, but in order to receive from God, she would have to trust that God would provide for her needs, as the prophet had said. Her giving was the avenue God would use to link her to His ability. Somebody's light bulb just went on. (laughs) It just came on. I'm telling you people, I want you... (laughs) I, I want you to, to get a revelation today because you will see how God will move in your life when you give Him authority in your life. It, wor- it works. It works. We used to say this all the time. If you work the Word, the Word will work. It works regardless of if you work it or not. But it works. It works. You have to give Him that place. God was ready and willing to give, but she had to trust Him to receive. The only thing of value she had was this little bit of meal and a little oil, but that was more than enough. Everybody say, more than enough. It's always more than enough with God. God used her giving to sustain her and her son and Elijah through a time of drought and famine. It was bad. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. It was bad. Maybe you've been having a time of drought or famine spiritually or maybe physically. God wants you to yield to Him and trust Him to meet your needs. When you willingly yield to Him, you make the connection to receive. When you give in to God's authority, you gain all you need. When you give in to God's authority, you gain all you need. This widow joined herself to the promise God made to Elijah. God said he would provide for the prophet, and then through giving and and yielding her authority, the widow was linked to the promise for her provision also. She could receive his promise because she was under his authority. The second example Jesus noted in Luke 4 was that of, of, of Naaman. Naaman was a powerful warrior who, who lived during the time of Elisha. As a Syrian, he didn't know much about the prophets or leaders in Israel. But God had his servants bring him the hope that he could be healed of the leprosy that he had. You all know that story. So Naaman got permission from his king to go to the prophet in Israel to try to get his healing. Remember, his, his uh, servant lady, servant girl, told him about this man in Israel, you need to go see him and you'll be healed. But when Naaman came to the tent of Elisha, the prophet of God, he wasn't prepared for what was about to happen. Let's look at that real quick. In, uh, in 2 Kings 5, chapter uh, 5, verses 9 through 14, it says, Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and he stood at the door of Elisha's house and Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And I've been there. The Jordan is dirty, muddy. It looks like chocolate milk. That's what it looks like to me. It's dirty. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Pauper The rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? Amen. So he went down and he dipped seven times into the Jordan. In the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. We say it like a baby's butt. (laughs) And he was clean. And he was clean. We act the same way sometimes when God tells us how to do something. And we don't see God respond like we should. We, We act the same way. So, well why can't he just do it? Why didn't he just do it? You know, if God is God and He's why didn't he just do it? Why do these people have to suffer? Why this? Why that? And we ask God and we question God all these questions. Naaman had to lay down his pride. We have to lay down our pride. And his own way of thinking that he should be healed this way or that way, and he wouldn't but he he, would have, he wouldn't have received it if he did it his way. But he did as the prophet of God told him. He nearly lost it because it wasn't happening like he expected it to. And many times we kill our faith when we don't see it coming the way we thought it should. And if his good servants hadn't encouraged him to let go and let God, he wouldn't have received his healing. Once he saw that Elisha's directions were not hard to follow, just go dip in the river seven times. He yielded himself to the man of God and was healed from head to toe. Amen. Just do it, people. Just do it God's way. Just do it his way and you're going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay. Just okay. No, more than okay. Y'all seen that commercial? Just okay is not okay. <laughs> our God is more than enough. More than enough. You know, and as believers, what Jesus did at the cross, He he gave us, He took authority away from the, the enemy, our, our adversary, the devil. He took it away from Him and He gave it to man. A man, Jesus, came and took it back. And then He's given us the keys to, To victory. Amen. But in order for us to use this authority that we sang about this morning, this authority that we have as believers in Christ, in order for us to use this authority, we must be under authority. Under His authority. Your strength isn't in yourself, but it's in the one, Jesus, to whom you have yielded your life to. Giving your authority to another connects you to the benefit your authority can bring to you. Remember that centurion told Jesus, no, I'm I'm, I'm also a man under authority. And that was the key issue to his great faith. He just said, you just speak the word and my servant will be healed. I know what authority is. I give you authority to speak that word over my servant and his servant was healed. His servant knew that being under authority is the very thing that gives you authority. What marveled Jesus about this centurion's faith was the fact that he understood authority and that the power that was available as a result of that authority. People, we have so much power available to us because who we give our authority to and who we're under, amen, amen, When you yield to another's authority, you connect yourself to the creative goodness of God flowing through them. Like in this church, if you'll yield to the authority of this house, you can't help but be blessed. Amen. Amen. Many Christians are afraid to give authority to others for fear of being controlled. And so as a result, they miss out on the blessings, on the many blessings that God has for them. Authority isn't about control is isn't about control. It's about bringing the creative goodness of God into your life. Like the widow, Naaman, and the centurion, you too can receive all the goodness that God has provided for your life. But it means giving authority to Him, obeying His Word, following the instructions He gives you, and listening to those He sends into your life. Now I know this message is, is, simple. It's very simple, but it's very powerful. It's very profound, and, and I don't want you to forget it. Forget it, <laughs> easy. I want you to you know go back there and sign up for a copy of this CD. It's not that long either. We didn't do it too bad. We're doing. It's just twelve o'clock, and they're not playing football anyway today, are they? <laughs> But i got one last scripture that I want to speak to you and declare over you. And it's this Psalm one hundred seven forty three. 43. And, and I'm talking to everyone in this room as God is talking to me. If you are truly wise, you'll learn from what I've told you today. <laughs> it's time for you to consider these profound lessons of God's great love and mercy. If you want authority over the enemy, then you need to give God authority in your life. In every area. In every area. And and we all know what areas we need to do that in. Amen? So let me pray. Let's pray for us. Let's pray for us. Father, we just thank you that you, you have done so much for us. And and salvation is, is the best gift we can ever receive from you, God. Salvation. We surrender our lives to you. And that from then on, it's, it's yours. Our lives are yours. But many of us forget about it at that point. They, we're saved. We're going to heaven. Praise God. Let's go live this life. And they... They walk away from all the blessings and gifts that they could ever receive come from you. And, and, and they fail to, to mature into the place where they, where they understand why this is not happening, why this is not... I thought when I became a Christian that everything was just going to fall in place. And I thought everything was going to be just blessing after blessing after blessing. And they don't understand why. And then they get mad and they just give up. Many times they give up. Instead of giving in and gaining all. And so, Father, today, I pray that this message will, will pierce the hearts of the people here. Not just mentally, but they will receive it in their hearts. That when we yield ourselves and we give you authority in our lives, we also can walk in those victories that are not ours But they're yours. So we thank you, Lord, for 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 getting that authority back from our enemy and giving it to us. And we submit to you today. We submit our lives. We surrender our lives. We're yours. We're here for you. We're not here for us. We're here for you. Take our lives and shine through us. Bright as you want to. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. All right, God bless you. If we need, if anyone needs prayer for anything, whatever we're going, we've got some people here.